Welcome to a Burden for the Times podcast. Three brothers that take on big topics in order to decipher what is bona fide truth, what is just bogus, and what is biblical. Join us as the Burden brothers have clarifying conversations about our current culture and race relations. And here is your host, Adrian Burden. Hey, welcome to another episode of the podcast, and we have been on a very long journey talking about the topic of patriarchy, something that comes to mind when probably the last episodes you have listened to is the song that never ends, and you thought that would be the topic that never ended. I'm sure there's still some thoughts and things that we still have to be able to share about that, but we're going to go ahead and try our best at least just to go ahead and put that one to rest. That was Anton's topic, and Anton's topics usually are loaded. The education from the very beginning of the season to ending off with this thing called patriarchy and all the implications that surround it. So this is the last episode for this season, and so we're all about the threes today. So on season three, we're going to talk about the top three of 2023 books, resources, podcasts, and things that have been such a help to us during these times. And so since this is the last episode for the entire holiday season, Thanksgiving and Christmas, hey, let's ask a fun question around the room. Aaron, starting with you, do you have any Christmas traditions, Thanksgiving traditions, large or small, that you and your family do? Um, I don't know if we have any big traditions the big one for us on christmas day is the burden family tries not to go anywhere on christmas day um i know that that is definitely frowned upon in some circles and different people think lots of different ways but we have tried to on christmas day try not to go anywhere and just spend the day goofing off with the family so i guess that's kind of become a tradition but I know that there's lots of people who visit family and do all those things and have 15 Christmases in different places. <laughs> and that's exciting. And I'm glad for you. But the Burden family tries this as we would refer to in our family. Burden family number one, not because of priority, just because of birth order. Burden family number one usually stays pretty tight on Christmas Day. Interesting. That's why y'all make your dude perfect videos that y'all do and different things on those days, I'm assuming. Yes, we usually do goof off like that on Christmas Day. I see. Um, Anton, what about you? Any specific uh, Christmas traditions that y'all have that you do? I think I've mentioned it before, but usually we go to the Christmas lights at the Charlotte Motor Speedway where you can like drive on the speedway and look at the lights oh, that's and nice. then eat and have some snacks. We usually try to do that every Christmas with the kids. Nice Christmas light speedway. Well, I was y'all talking about big traditions. Mine said a smaller one, but um, I think I might have mentioned this before. But we, our family, or if you come to our house, we're we our house. My wife has decorated pretty much in travel theme. As if there's a theme to our house, all about you know different places we've been, little things from different areas of the world, and because of that, our Christmas tree is definitely decked out like that too. So our Christmas tree is keychains that have been converted into Christmas ornaments. We get a keychain from whether Australia, Dubai, or any other place that we've been, and we convert it to that. So on Christmas Day, if we're at our house, we typically will just sit, look at the tree. And when we look at the tree, we just begin to look at a different ornament, and we go and we all pick one from the ornament 
um, an ornament from the tree and we sit down and we rehash a memory from that time. So I think I picked up a bicycle one time from the Netherlands because my wife and I were there. We talked about the boats we went on, seeing all the bicycles that we went to and seen in Amsterdam or whatever the situation was. Kind of like going through memory lane. That's kind of my thing. I enjoy going through memory lane, doing certain things like that. So yeah, a little bit of a Christmas tradition, um, but just kind of fun. So anyway, I know that this is going to encompass that Thanksgiving and Christmas time frame. And so a little bit about the holiday season and kind of what we do before we get into the meat of what we want to discuss here today. So let's jump into the content. Top three of 2023. All right, so we've covered a lot of ground in this season and uh, from education to other different topics that have sprouted about. So Anton, coming to you, any episode or episode series that lodges greatly in your mind during this past season of season three? So you're asking for my favorite episode? Well, favorite, yeah, yeah, yeah. However you want to general. You get very specific if you want. I mean, my favorite episode, as usual, is the one that I'm not on. Um, <laughs> I, I like the one with Diane Allman because uh, that was, okay. That was a very good resource and looking up some of the stuff that uh, she brought up. Um, as someone who was trying to to work on a curriculum myself for for our kids, I thought that episode was incredibly helpful and insightful, and had no conflict, which is also nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, nice and suave, as you would say in Spanish. <laughs> totally just smooth, man. So absolutely, I was thinking about Diane's podcast episode too, as well. The Almonds, Mitch, and his wife—they both been on the podcast, and they—I don't know. I don't know if we should start calling them like you know co-hosts to some degree. <laughs> as many times they've been on here, uh, but interesting. Okay, Aaron, what about you? any type of uh episode specifically theme from this past year a lot of topics covered but what do you think um i think i have to say my number one was the life transitions episode okay i felt like that was a solid uh solid set of episodes that helped me and then you can just walking through it and i know that's the most uh feedback i've got from people was from that one but then i was also going to say the representation episode would have to be I mean, I was tied because I really enjoyed the representation episode of just like, um, do we need representation? And I felt like that was a great conversation. So those two would be my tops in contention with each other. You know what? I think I'm going to even echo what you said about the representation side of things, too. It was kind of like a Monsters, Inc. type feeling that I had. Like my expectations when I thought about the topic, I'm like, I don't really know where we're going with this. Kind of like Monsters, Inc. It's like, what on earth is this movie? And then you watch it. It was like, man, that was a great movie, right? Little boo and everything that took place. And it's kind of like my expectations. Then it was like, oh, wow, this does cover a lot of ground that I really didn't consider. In fact, I was just speaking at a meeting in New Jersey and somebody come up and just said, let me just say how refreshing that one episode was and he was letting me know specifically because of the fact that like the overrepresentation really then mutes the point i think we could even see this in the newest marvel movie uh but we won't go into that that's that's not the topic for today but it's just kind of like it, it, it might not be on the level to which we're not accomplishing the thing that we're actually trying to accomplish but anyway that was a great episode not trying to create a new episode by bringing that up but anyway so we but that's not the topic of what we want to discuss just kind of getting a refresher of season three so let's start with the reverse order top three books podcasts sermons 
any type of like a like a tips and tools on steroids. But going from this past year, thinking of these different resources, we want to have a practical episode. We've come through some deep, heavy philosophy. So now we want to have a little bit of practicality to this. With that being said, um, let's start with Aaron on this. Number three, I'm sure it's going to be a book, but hey, it could be a sermon. It could be a podcast, could be a conversation, could be a lot of things that you have had most best resource, um, best instruction, however you want to word it, take it from here. Number three, what's that on your list? All right. So I was trying to go anything other than books. I was trying to go through the podcasts I've listened to this year. <laughs> I was trying to go in and I'm like, ah, all of it's going to end towards books. So I'm going to say my number three uh, is going to be have to be, and this is for me, personal growth, the Creative Act, A Way of Being by Rick Rubin. It probably won't touch anybody else on this uh, on this panel. Uh, he's definitely outside of most of our circles because I think he's what the founder of co-founder of Def Jam Recordings. Uh, and so, okay. but he's a. <laughs> I didn't even know what he looked like until I actually looked at the um, cover to make sure I was ready for this. But The Creative Act, A Way of Being. It's just a book on creativity, and when you walk through he walks through what it is to be a creative, how to look for things, see things that other people aren't seeing and just like find your creative voice. And as a photographer, I've read the book at least portion of the book so many times this year, I've got it from the library so many times this year. I just keep checking it back out because it's such a great book on creativity and just thinking through things creatively and how to um, develop that side of you. So that would be one of mine. Again, it's out of pocket for our episode, but it was a, it's one of the books I hmm. super enjoyed. Yeah, that's that's the purpose of this to be able to see what things have been um, very interesting or just insightful and growing for you personally. Anton, any commentary upon Aaron's book? Um, yeah, I agree with him. Um, I think um, the big thing with that book is that it really, at least for me, when I read it, it speaks to the fact of not, um, if you want to say, dulling down your creativity for like the whims of the market or the whims of people, but sticking with the process. So I do think it is a very insightful book in that way. Oh, so you've read it. Yeah, it's a good book. Oh, that's awesome. Well, don't look at me and be surprised. I haven't read it. Never heard of the guy. <laughs> never heard of Death Jam Recordings. So uh, <laughs> I, I will be that guy on the podcast to say it. But anyway, let me go with my number three, and then we'll come to Anton's number three. Uh, mine is a book, and mine's going to be – I was encouraged to read this by one of the uh, representatives of Com- Compassion International – and uh, just kind of when I was in a season transition season, I was just trying to you know sort some things out. And the book Drive by Donald, um, sorry, David Pink, yes, David Pink, yeah. and um, Daniel Pink. I'm sorry, um, that book there really it, it did something that I don't even think the book intended to do for me, but it kind of still did. Just in summary, um, it kind of gives a difference between people who are intrinsically motivated and extrinsically motivated. And I guess the best way to be able to define extrinsically motivated would be um, kind of like the industrial revolution, the carrot and the stick model. Um, if you want people to work hard, you give them a big carrot. If you if they do bad, you, you hit them with a stick. Right. So how do you make people work harder? Give them a juicier carrot, give them a bigger bonus check, give them more incentive and they'll definitely do better. Um, but then obviously the weaknesses of it come that people begin to manipulate the system. They begin to make sure their kids have bigger carrots and other people who are working as equally hard as theirs. So obviously 
as with anything that's inside of a society touched by humanity, there's going to be the propensity that is taken out of taken in a position that's going to make it degrading or ruin the original purpose. But it kind of gave a voice to people like I would say, like myself, who are intrinsically motivated. Like I I do it because like, I really believe in the purpose and things behind it. It doesn't really matter about the carrot. I know I have to have carrots to live, but it's not like that's my drive. And so seeing the book and, and like giving words to something that I've always felt, I mean, I came out of college and basically started Burden Ministries and kind of go from there. It's really been an intrinsic motivation. Why did I sleep in my car at Waffle Houses? Not because it was a juicy carrot, just because intrinsically motivated. I believe that's what the Lord wanted me to do, right? That in and letting that creative kid creativity flow, that it's kind of like the, I think the three things they give, like the three stools on a chair, is how to manage people who are intrinsically motivated, like give them purpose, autonomy, and mastery over what they're doing and let them fly, you know? And I don't think many people know, managers know how to manage a person who's intrinsically motivated. So, okay, that's the book summary as it kind of goes from there. And maybe it's a self-discovery book, but here's what it helped me that I don't think was intended um, by Mr. Daniel Pink when he wrote it, was it did give me respect, higher respect for those who do the carrot stick model. Like I know that what the point of it was like, you know, the intrinsically motivated person and, you know, how to guide that drive and how to use it to the next level. It's just like, there are some people who just simply want the carrot it and so they can take care of their family because their motivation is I just want to take care of my family. I don't I don't have to be a game changer. Don't have to be a world changer. I don't have to start my own podcast. I don't have to start my own business. You know, I just really just want to take care of my family. I, my my big highlight is to go push my kids on a slide, you know, on the swing, you know, or something to that effect. Like that's really what I desire. And so it kind of gave me respect for that position because for me, I always I didn't wouldn't verbalize like that's a weak position. I would just say like you know. You just lack vision. You need to go read um, how to, you know, how to, you know, dream big or some other book, you know, to some degree. And it's like, that's not everybody. And it's okay. You know, like, and so the intrinsic model versus extrinsic model and that book drive. No, no, I, I just, I can't, I put that at number three. It was a great read, really insightful. Um, Aaron, I'm sure you've read the book, but um, any, any commentary y'all have about it? No, oh, I, I mean, I think, you know, me, I, I love that kind of stuff. So. Uh, I do, and I enjoy Pink's thinking too. So he's one of those outside of the box thinkers since he's uh, a yeah. behavioral uh, analyst, uh, behavioral analyst, or whatever he calls himself. But yeah, I enjoy Pink. So, yep. Interesting. Not to Anton. Be confused okay. with the other Pink, um, who is the theologian, just for the record. Oh, A.W. Pink, or what, is it A.W. Pink? Something like that. <clears throat> That's anyway. what's coming to mind, but I couldn't remember his name. <laughs> okay. Uh, Anton, what about you? Any commentary? I disagree, but you know, <laughs> you know, you know. I, I often do, <laughs> but, yeah, but I'm glad, say. I'm glad you enjoyed the look and <laughs> messaging therein. Just in, in disagrees. <laughs> Come on, man. This is just a tips and tools episode, dude. I, 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 I left it at that. I left it at that. <laughs> I, did, I knew you'd probably disagree with the way that I looked at the book. That I think you probably are fine with the book of intrinsic value because, I mean, I mean, it gives examples like Wikipedia and other places where That's another failed. podcast. We're not going down this road. <laughs> That's another serious? podcast for another day. Okay. Put, a, okay. put a pin in that. Put a pin in that. <laughs> um, let me Season put a pin three. in my little cushion. All right. All right. All right. Anton, your... <laughs> this is the intro to it. All right. Number three, Anton, what's your list? What's your number on the list? Uh, it's odd, but it was supposed to be personal. Um, 
So for me, it was The Death of Ivan Ilyich. It's a Tolstoy novel, his smallest one. Um, I reread it this year. It's really more about uh, a meditation on death and what a good life is. Oh. And I like those kind of deep psychological, especially if I'm going to read a fictional work, that that's what I enjoy. So it caught me thinking about the meaning of life, which is something that I enjoy that most other people probably would not enjoy as much. You I know, I, I, <laughs> fair enough. Fair I'm enough. Just, I'm just <laughs> well, the meditation on death. I mean, when you when you introed it like that, I'm like, oh my. Like, like, are you, is everything okay? <laughs> well, that's what is, what would a good life look like at its end and understanding what, again, because it goes through again, his, like his growing up years as he, he has a terminal illness and he's going to die, but going back through his life and what it looks like, what a good life lived would look like and what decisions one could make to have a better life or to end up in a bad situation that he found himself in, which okay. I find it to be an interesting read. All right. Well, right before we march on to number two, I, I forgot to mention this, but are there any honorable mentions that didn't make the category of the top three? Um, you know, because obviously we're talking conversations, we're talking podcasts, we're talking everything. Any honorable mentions that you don't have to give great detail, just kind of quick, just throw out theirs or anything? I have an honorable mention, but it's not really a podcast. It's literally just a conversation. So on the cruise, um, Aaron and I had, of course, when you're uh, on the cruise, you have like your dinner buddies, which is Aaron yeah. loves that because she's like, oh, we get to talk to new people. As an introvert, I'm like, why can't you just give me a table with just a four of us? <laughs> like, I'm really cool with that. <laughs> uh, but we had dinner buddies. But the couple that we were with, one of the couples that we were with, it was the husband and wife. They were an uh, interracial couple, um, black and white. And they had been married for 43 years. Oh, wow. And so I told him, I was like, I've not met too many interracial couples that have been married that long. Um, and hearing their story. And so just asking them about like their families and it was such a good conversation. Um, one night, our other dinner, um, companions were at a different place and they didn't eat with us. And so me and my wife just got to sit across with the kids there with us and just sit down and have a conversation with them about like what it was like to be an interracial couple 43 years ago and like their dating and like how that went, their families, how their families took it. It was, it was a great conversation. And so I guess, it's not, I know it's not a podcast, it's not a book, but that's why to me it made an honorable mention category. It was one of those, after we walked away, I was like, thank you, Lord. That was so cool to be able to walk through that and talk with them. So my that is, uh, honorable mention. That's a cool honorable mention. I mean, I would put that my honorable mention kind of similar to yours was dad's 60th birthday when we all got together. I don't know. It was just a good time. Just a lot of just, you know, just talking straight. And just, you know, man talk type thing. So you're not like, you know, there's definite specific times or whatever it is. But I think it's like an honorable mention because, I mean, we're looking back over the year and, you know, everybody getting together. I thought that was great. But I guess if there was a book that was an honorable mention, Anton got me reading James Baldwin stuff. And so um, The Fire Next Time, uh, I think he wrote that. I think it's an essay he wrote on the 100th anniversary of the Emancipation Proclamation. And it's like, oh, boy. It, it, it just, like I said, I don't want to get into the details of what it is. It's just, it's an honorable mention. It was like, wow, the guy's a thinker. And it's kind of like when you have to read it twice type thing or listen to it twice. That's that kind of level of, of scholarliness and attention to detail about certain things that you might not see eye to eye on. But it's like, man, it's not like, it's not like he's an idiot. <laughs> it's not like this guy's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. You know, so anyway, I thought it was inter interesting. Anton, any honorable mentions before we go to number two? 
Well, my first honorable mention was actually going to be uh, dads because I thought that was very interesting and in learning a lot about dad. Yeah, it was. Um, the other one, which is, is, is I'm not recommending this book, which is why it's not an honorable mention, but it's one of the books that started our patriarchy conversation. Um, We're going creation, back there, huh? I'm just telling you because <laughs> I'm just <laughs> the creation of patriarchy. Um, okay. That book really got me thinking because, again, it's written definitely by a woman who's probably very, very well, not probably is very more um, liberal into that side than, than I am. But that is really what got me started to think about those fundamental building blocks. I think that if you ingest, change your entire perspective on life. I think there's a lot of those. And I think that book really points to that being one of them, of how you view the world. Interesting. Writing them down, writing them down. I was looking at um, Girl Aaron's Goodreads today. I think she made some updates. And so I'm kind of taking some notes and stuff, trying to want to be, that's one thing I want to do next year a little bit more after reading that book about the theology. I'm like, man, that was a really good book. Like trying to look not just for a book, but the books. Like like I, if I'm going to spend the time sitting on that couch, you know, reading that book, I want it to be a good one. So that's why I'm taking these down. So, all right. And Aaron, let's go to you. Number two on the list for 2023. Top book resource. What is it? Uh, my number two was written, uh, recommended by a friend this year, and it's called Replenish uh, by Lance Witt, uh, leading through it with a healthy soul, leading from a healthy soul. And I would say this book um, hit me at the time I needed it. And like it just has pretty much how do you stay healthy spiritually, healthy emotionally while trying to lead, especially in ministry. And some of the some of the quotes um, like that walk through, like it opens the book, like right in the statistics says one out of every 10 ministers will actually retire as a minister. And so it's like when you start thinking about the reality of what it is to go through ministry again, this may not hit everyone, but since it's personal, one out of every 10 like ministers actually retire from the ministry. And I'm like, OK, that's hit me. But then he goes through and just talks about Jesus of life and about hurry and what our priorities it's almost kind of similar to what Anton's talking about the theme of his book about this is what a good life looks like but this is what a ministry life looks like how instead of sometimes worshiping Jesus we worship the ministry as a guide and I know all these things are like none of them are like well this is a new but the way he put them and the way he refers to them it's like man one of the quotes your ministry will take all you give it your church will take all you're willing to give it. Oh, wow. Ministry demands will always exceed your capacity. And just thinking about what it is, um, the title chapter is fatigued, frazzled, and fried. Like, it's going to take all that you have, but you have to think through, be intentional, follow Jesus, and go through so many things. And it's like, man, it is, it was, it was to help. So my friend Josh Rushy recommended it to me. Uh, he knew I needed it. He was like, you need to read this. He knew what stage I was going through right then. And I was like, I read it. Great book. Great book. Replenished wow. by Lance Witt. That's great. I mean, especially from that ministry perspective. Any commentary, Anton, before we move to number two? No, I've never read the book. That does sound very good. Absolutely. I mean, especially that quote. I mean, <laughs> it'll take it. It'll take it. That's for certain. Yeah. It's kind of like I, I told my wife, like, I mean, money will always find a home, you know, like basically like it's it's kind of one of those things where, yeah, it takes, it takes some time. But anyway, uh, my number two is a book I had read earlier, but then implemented this year specifically. And I think it's one I think will be mentioned on the podcast, but Conscience by Andrew Maselli and J.D. Crowley. Um, Crowley. This is a theology basically on the conscience. Um, the, it, it, to summarize it, the book is what it is, how to train it, and learning how to agree with those who defer. 
in the matter of conscience. The reason I recommend the book and the reason I the implementation specifically this year for it, because I found myself working on the mission that it was I was working with people who had different consciences than I about certain matters. Because as much as we would like to think that most of the conversations that people are having in small groups or whatever it is, for the most part, unless pulpit, don't count, not counting the pulpit time, it's really not on theology. It's not necessarily on whether or not Jesus was God, whether or not the Holy Spirit is sufficient. It's not really on those type topics is, you know, um, should your kids be allowed to date? Is it okay to go into debt? Is it wrong to wait to have kids? Should you be family devotions be part of the regular norm? Is this type of TV show is wrong? Is secular music bad? Like it's basically all of the really like conversations that we kind of find to be the attractive ones. Like if you said, I'm going to do a small group study on Jesus is the savior. Like he is our savior. Like I think people look and be like, okay, next let me go to the other guy's small group because he's doing one about how to about is it wrong to go out of debt or going out of debt. Basically, conscience level issues tend to supersede the conversation, which would mean that number one, um, it would then mean we really need to know about conscience and what this means. And so this book really lays it out well about what it is. Uh, I would say it's a bibliology, just uh, I mean a theology on just what the scripture has to say on these matters. Um, but also the part of the thing that I'll always say about a book, there's always an unintended consequence of sorts. And I think for me is I conscious is important, but I want in my conversation that conscience issues are not the sole emphasis of my conversation. Like I want to be able to talk about the infinite majesty of God and it be okay with my friends. Like, do you realize that we are so finite, we can't even understand. Like, God's grace is infinite. God's love is infinite. God himself is infinite. Like, every part of God is infinite. You realize, like, basically, there's nothing wrong with having those conversations and just whether or not it's right or wrong to be able to wear Nikes because of where they come from. You know, like, it's, there's more to it. And so I guess it's one of those dual things of learning from that thing. So the book, Conscience, which I think I've recommended before. Commentary on the book. Y'all have read it, heard of it? I've read it. I don't even remember yeah. where I came across that book, but I enjoyed it. It helped me think through quite a few things and it helped me say in some things in my life, like, you know what? Other people don't see it this way and that's 100% okay. Exactly. And I'm, I'm really, I can hold a higher standard and I can be the weaker brother in this and it's okay. And so me and my kids have even joked about like, there's just like now there's times we sit around at the table Thanksgiving and joke about that we couldn't do growing up. And I was like, Hey guys, one day we'll all sit around the table one day and laugh because dad didn't let us do this. And it yep. probably wasn't sin. Probably wasn't, but this is where my conscience is right now. <laughs> that so, book really helped out. That helped out with me and Janae and you know, we don't do Halloween, which I think we've talked about the podcast. I mean, it's fine. People do. And I said, you know what? When you, you know, most likely my kids will probably, you know, celebrate Halloween and they'll have their kids dress up or whatever it is. It's just for my conscience sake. It's just to use biblical language with my kids and not and, and to be able to say that it's really OK. Like, I'm not going to condemn you. Like, if you're conscious now, 
you will stand before God about you and your conscience. <laughs> just understand that. But just keep in mind, like, look, I'm for you and I love you. It's, it's that's truly a conscience issue if you choose to watch that or if you well, there's something about watching that because I'm the dad still. But anyway, stuff you can do. But when you grow up, that's that's going to be between you and Jesus. All right. So anyway, Anton Reddit commentary upon it. I have read it. You recommended it. I oh, good. I put it on my read list a while back. But yes, it is a very good book. Cool. Thank cool. You. Glad. All right. Anton, what's your number? two on your list again it's somewhat random because i put mine in a weird order mine's the the psychology of money um Mm. if you want to consider it a self-help book i suppose it is but uh it's a big theme is that uh money especially at least for me you think of money in terms of spreadsheets and you know data points when in reality it's a, a series of financial decisions and being mature um, and I think it really helped show me that the key in, in some forms of business, especially if you have a small business like, like myself, that the key is getting, making habitual personal decisions that are more about discipline than the amount of money that you make. Because I think, again, there's an obsession with the amount is more important than how much you keep. And I think the psychology of money really helps disprove that myth, that it's a lot more about being intentional, about being frugal and about keeping what you make than it is about making more. Hmm. So I found it to be a very helpful book. Interesting. Interesting. What's the author's name? Just so the podcast audience can know. Do you know? Uh, I can look it up. Morgan Housel. Morgan Housel, H-O-U-S-E-L. Okay. I'm doing this because I'm looking up and putting in my wish list right now. Cool. And a quote from the book, which I think is, it's an obvious quote, but I do think it's one of the things that I, I liked about it. There's no reason to risk what you have and need for what you don't have and don't need. Hmm. Well, Which I think would say is the kind of the central point of the book. Well, that's convicting. <laughs> Nothing else. Because, uh, yeah, money books definitely get, get that mind rolling, get your mind rolling about those things. So interesting. So that's the number two layer. So now we go to the platinum level. We move to the very top, the peak of um, the for this year. Specifically in 2023, Aaron, I'm sh- I don't even know what your reading goal was this year, but obviously you've digested probably quite a few. What is number one on the list? All right. So I do want to make a, a statement. A disclaimer. Okay. The, dis- well, the <laughs> okay. only disclaimer is that these are not my top five books of the year. So I'll still come out with that list later on. There. Okay. Um, so these. So just because I gave these doesn't mean like I'm like, oh, these are the t- best books of the year. These are just ones that help me grow. And so I'm looking at it through that lens, and I know it probably is like, well, wouldn't they be the top five? They're not. Um, so <laughs> Aaron has a hard time committing. <laughs> no, no, I have two different cases in my my life that these like these books that we're talking about now help me like personal growth. Sometimes like a book that is just good to read or just helpful in general, like to everybody, I pick that as my top. But um, my my top one, honestly, that helped me this year was uh, the biography of Timothy Keller. So Keller, uh, Pastor Keller passed um, this year, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he passed earlier this year. Um, And so Colin Hansen wrote his biography. I'm sure there was going to be autobiographies coming out left and right of him because he's a great man. But it it was, again, the book I needed at the time it landed because when you read Tim Keller and you know his ministry and his scope of ministry and you read about him, he was such a humble man. And he didn't want the spotlight for all those things. And like you read early in his life when he's 
pastoring at this small church in the Midwest and like they're all football fans and Tim Keller would rather read, <laughs> sit on his couch and read for the rest of his life. And they're all like big football fans. And there's this moment where Tim Keller has uh, a football jersey under his suit coat on a Sunday morning. He unbuttons it. So and, like the whole ch- uh, crowd is cheering and he just wanted to reach people. And um, I say it as kind of, and I think you can say, but like Tim Keller is almost like a nerd. Like he's like a nerd who just wants yeah. to read, yeah. but God used him in such a way from that small church to going to New York. And like one of the other things that got me is in the book, they talk about his leadership style. He was always frustrating his staff because of his style of leadership. And you always think of like these big name people that is like, oh man, they're everything's just running smooth because they're at the helm. And he talked about how that was one of the biggest things that drew drove Keller to his knees all the time was that he did not know he he always needed God's help to help lead his staff. And like administratively, he wasn't gifted administratively. And so just trying to figure those things out. And there are moments, there are people in ministry that I've looked at through my ministry. Cause sometimes I'm like, oh man, the way my mind is geared, slightly creative, slightly other ways. Like, I don't think I could be this kind of leader uh, in the church world. But then you read Tim Keller and you find out, man, the thing that made Tim Keller great is Tim Keller was always on his knees begging God for help. He was a nerd who loved to read books, who uh, loved like read old stuff from the library, but God used him to reach people in his own way, like using Tim Keller as a vessel. And it was the perfect book when I needed in that moment. So that's, I'd say the number one book for me. Wow. Great intro to that. I mean, Anton, any commentary? Uh, Nope. That's, man, that's pretty good. Uh, number one for me, actually, and Aaron, I will, as Aaron gave a disclaimer, I'll also give my disclaimer as well, is there's sometimes when it just hits you at the right time of season of life, like, it's kind of like a, a, a sermon is like, if you're a great sermon, it's a great sermon, right? But if you're a great sermon at a time in your life when it's like super necessary, then it turns to the sermon you never forget. And that's kind of one of those things where, um, like for me, it's not actually a um, book, but actually it's a podcast episode. Y'all might be familiar with the podcast. The podcast is called A Burden for the Times, episode number 68. <laughs> the Life Transition episode, part three of Tips and Tools. <laughs> let, me give, let me give some explanation because I think that anybody that would know me personally uh, as far as just outside of the burden for the times, just only community is um, I have now entered into another season of transition. Um, but notes to me, it was one of those things where I thought we were riding high at the Peninsula Rescue Mission and things are going well, but apparently I was not a good fit for the organization. And so I then about a month or so ago, basically now I'm looking for alternate employment. So it's just kind of like, whoa, to be thrown back into that world. I mean, a lot of people have been encouragement. In fact, I, I kept a lot of different notes. Aaron sent me this, uh, what did you call it? Your Believe to See um song playlist thing that I probably worn out and, you know, just a lot of different things kind of going through the season. And so one thing that Lord laid on my heart to do is I went to um, the, 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 the living room and I decided to put on, you know, my, um, just put something on, you know, cause of my, what do you call those things inside of your house? AirPods, not AirPods. Um, the the oh, thing that HomePod. Apple makes, HomePod. 
HomePod. I put it in my HomePod and I was like, you know, it's it's really convicting when you hear your own self preach to you. So I actually put in that episode and I was like, I hadn't listened back at it. I mean, I recorded it, obviously edited it. And then listening back about basically that tips and tool episode was really like in some a person gave me some feedback and said the same thing. It felt like it was like many sermons being given through the entire podcast episode. And it was like to be reminded of God is faithful. You know, you've come through it before. And you know what? Actually, at this time of recording the podcast, I am not sure what it's going to look like come next year or whatever it is. But one thing that is for certain is that God is faithful. And it was really as as I don't know what the word is, as egocentric as it may sound, (laughs) it really was uh, a big, huge thing in my life specifically to just listen to that again, um, just to be refreshed and reminded of not just what the Lord did, but what the Lord did for me and for us as well during that time. So so yeah, I, I, I was trying to go through it and I was like, man, I don't know how to put that into words about what would be that impactful like moment, that moment by yourself. I mean, obviously my time with the Lord has been as real as it's ever been, but during that time, it really was, you know, specifically that episode. So that's my number one. Anton, what about you? You got a number one. I do. I have two that are tied and they're going to be sermons from a person that we talked about on the podcast. But um, they are two sermons by Vody Bachman, Bachman. Oh wow! Because I do enjoy Vody, and like I said, I disagree with some of his some of his takes. But but when it comes to like, uh, again, he has a lot of good messages, and one of them is, uh, and I want to get the title correct. Hold on, uh, family driven faith. Um, a quote from it is the key to understand that our children don't belong to us; they belong to God. Our goal as parents must not be limited by our own vision. I am a finite, sinful, selfish man. Why would I? plan out my children's future when I can entrust them to an infinite, omnipotent, immutable God. And a big thing uh, that that message, which really spoke to me was, I I know, I think I I can speak for some parents that you think that you know what's best for your kids in a way that you simply do not. And I think that message really pointed to the foolishness and uh, arrogance that that position really takes um, in our long-term relationship with God. Uh, the second one is a message he preached about. Uh, it's called the sovereignty of God. And I guess for me, especially with that, the, the thought of how Vodi described forgiveness, which is why, like I said, I think Vodi is brilliant. And I do think in a lot of ways, I wish I could change his mind on other things. But his idea on God's sovereignty and that mess on God's sovereignty, I encourage, I encourage people to look it up. It's on his website. Um, really gives key insight in a way that I don't think anyone other than like Tozer could have really written a better description of what God's sovereignty looks like and a better theological discussion on the topic. Wow. I'm reading a book right now about God's sovereignty. Jerry Bridges, Trusting God, and the opening chapters have to do with just sovereignty. And it's like, whoo, that's a heavy one, bro. That's a heavy one, <laughs> you know, because it's, it's like, you know what? It's just, you know, God knew and he allowed it. That's just the way it is. Yeah. So, but anyway, Aaron, any commentary upon Anton Spix? Nope. He said there would be. Uh, you can look on the website, but I, they'll be in the show notes, right? Because I'm. Yeah, I'll put. I'll put. Yeah, we'll put all the books and everything inside the show notes and stuff for you to be able to look into. So, anyway, go ahead. Oh, I just said because I want to listen to it. Yeah. 
Well, um, going from here, though, top three of 2023, that was helpful. Wrote them down. Obviously, you're going to recreate them and put them in the show notes for you so you can be able to see this in list format. But I hope it's a help to you as we close out this season, season three. Um, as we get ready for season four, I don't know if the little conversation we had earlier about drive is going to make it into season four, but we shall see. But one thing that's for certain is 2024 is an election year. Oh, Boy, it's going to be exciting. I cannot <laughs> wait. I don't know. I do not plan on this becoming a political podcast, but there's really no way to not to to talk about culture and not talk about the culture of politics and how it relates. So it's going to be up for an exciting, exciting season this year. Um, Can we have Candace Owens on? Can we get over? <laughs> it's gonna. <laughs> it's gonna be good. Yeah, exactly. We'll have some. We'll have some fun guests that would come on along the lines. But anyway. Um, well, I guess any other closing thoughts, guys, before I send my final greetings to everyone for this season? Nope. Other than thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for walking walking along with us this year. Lots is going on. Lots of happened. Lots of discussion. So thanks for walking alongside us. Yep, sir. Absolutely. Anton, any, any closing thoughts or words, sir? Happy holidays. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Is it too conservative? Happy, <laughs> happy Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And Kwanzaa. No one has been forgotten. Cover it all, baby. Cover it all. So anyway, well, the, I believe it definitely has been mentioned. And so with all that being said, thank you once again to reiterate. Anton says and Aaron has said, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the encouragement. Um, it's been fun as I have traveled around the Burden for the Times community. There's almost like if somebody says, hey, look, I listen to the podcast. I appreciate the podcast. There's already I feel like there's an openness that I can be able to share and be a little bit more of myself than just because it's like some of these views and different things sometimes tribalizes people into different corners and spaces and different things. But it just seems that the Burden for the Times community, people that listen, just seem to have just an openness of mind to say, you know what? I might not see that, might not see that, but man, I can appreciate where you are. And those are our people. So for season three, thank you so much for listening. Happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. And we look forward to seeing you in season four. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Stay connected by looking for A Burden for the Times on Facebook and Instagram. Or you can email us at abburdenforthetimes at gmail.com. Thanks again for being part of the A Burden for the Times community. And we look forward to you joining us next time.